What's up, everything? Well, Turkey Day is coming gone, and while the trip to fans slowly leaves our systems, we get right back to covering hockey. Tonight, we've got four big games to talk about, including three straight wins. The road trip in Canada finished with four points against the Oilers and Canucks, and the Blues feasted a few days early when they destroyed the Oilers again, this time at home on Tuesday night. But like all of us, the Blues were a little groggy after Thanksgiving and dropped tonight's game 2 to nothing to the Predators. We'll talk about all four games in this jam-packed episode, so let's get started and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everybody. This is the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is Friday, November 24th, and we are here the day after Thanksgiving, tirelessly covering St. Louis Blues news, although we are very tired after the results of today's game. Uh, I am here. My name is Stephen Ground. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Peters, after this turkey day. How are you doing, Ian? How was your Thanksgiving? I'm very full. Yes. Still. <laughs> Good. Good to it know. It was that much food. That's awesome. Yeah, we both enjoyed Thanksgiving at home with our families, and now we are here suffering through Blues losses. (laughs) Just the one loss. uh, That's true. We have a lot of good to cover today, just kind of that sour end cap to touch (laughs) on. We're going to try and center ourselves. Yeah, Uh, but before we do that, it is Thanksgiving season, and no Thanksgiving season in the sports world is complete without a cheesy what-are-you-thankful-for segment, and we thought we would do that about the same. St. Louis Blues. And I will start out by saying that I am thankful for the Braden Shin trade, which I think is cheating. Yeah, but you I took mine. Ah, oh, well, I'm sorry. We should have discussed ahead of time, but now you got to think <laughs> of another one. <laughs> so uh, I would just, yeah, I just think Braden Shin's impact on this team, it's kind of hard to overestimate. Uh, there's an article on The Athletic from Jeremy Rutherford where he's like, is this slowly becoming the best Blues trade in recent memory? And at first I was like, it's already become. And then he pointed out that we traded David Rumblad to draft Vladimir Tarasenko. And that worked out pretty well. Uh, but even with that said, I think the Shin trade has been magnificent for the team. He's really anchored that first line very well. Um, he's got all the chemistry with Schwartz. And it seems like he's got plenty of chemistry with Tarasenko now. Uh, and he seems to be doing well as kind of that number one center, even though he's not the prototypical number one center necessarily mm-hmm. by any means. He's tied with Sh- uh, Schwartz for the lead on the team with 30 points uh, through 22 games for him. Did he miss a game because of injury? I don't think so. I don't know why he's got one less. Uh, any case, <laughs> maybe they just haven't updated <laughs> everybody. Uh, but he has 30 30 points, including 20 assists, which was kind of the knock on him, that he wasn't really a playmaker. He was kind of a power play goal scorer, Mm -hmm. which he nobody scored power play goals for this team, (laughs) as we'll talk about later. But yeah, I'm just, I'm very thankful to have him as part of the team, and I don't know where we would be with this season without that trade, but I don't really want to think about it either. So what would you like to say what you're thankful for, your first thing that you're thankful for now that I stole yours? All right. Oh, I got one. I honestly, it just popped into my head. I'm thankful for Coach Mike Yo. Ooh, good call. 
because as we talked about earlier before we started recording, uh, he was here for all of last year, <laughs> which we kind which of forget. Kind of hit us like a weird memory. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he yeah. was just kind of standing there the whole time. He was in Hitch's shadow, which you can take that for what <laughs> for what you will. Interpret that however you wish. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad we had him. I know when we hired him, I was a little iffy. Just because of how we do with the wild, and you're always iffy because they just get fired. So they're you're hiring someone on their sourest note. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, we'll see how this goes. But he's proven. I think he's got the best record since you know since he came in. The Blues have the best record yeah. with him, I should say, since the beginning of last February. So that's just an amazing an amazing accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And you can see the difference in our defenseman stepping up within his system. And I think we've looked a lot more determined. We haven't been turtling nearly as much. We haven't had to use that word in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot in terms of what he brings us to a system. Uh, I guess you got to go ahead and say new coaches he's brought in have been really good too. Bruve and uh, Sador and Steve Vott, even though I don't know what Steve, Steve Vott does. Vott somehow. Yeah. I think he just stands and smiles. <laughs> <laughs> he's up in the booth somewhere. But, yeah, I think him and the whole coaching staff have done a really great job, and I'm, I'm thankful that they're here for our team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my second thing, we'll 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 cap it at two. But okay. my my second There's thing, so many. My second thing, I think, is uh, kind of the Blues goaltending in general this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blues have always have often in recent memory had pretty reliable goaltending, but there's always been a question mark, um, pretty much the whole time about who's number one, who's number two, what's going on, um, and then last year when. They, you know, moved forward with Allen after trading Elliott. There was a lot of, especially before Yo showed up, there was a whole lot of uncertainty about Jake and what his ceiling was. Uh, but I don't, I think we're kind of moved past that, and I'm pretty thankful for it. Um, Jake hasn't had necessarily a, you know, a, a world-beating season, but he's second, I think, in the NHL and wins mm-hmm. among goalies. And I think, you know, his his... Uh, derogatory nickname has always been Shaky Jakey, and I think we're a little past that. I think we've just... He may not be top five goalie in the league, but he's just dependable. Uh, He's a lot like Corey Crawford in some ways, I think, where you just know what you're going to get out of him. He is capable of making the occasional incredible save, uh, but he's not going to let in a lot of clunkers, which I think was used to be kind of the rap on him, was he'd make some ridiculous saves, and then he'd make some totally boneheaded soft goals. And, he, yeah, he's looked really solid yeah, this year. And I think Hutton has been exactly what you want in a backup. Just an incredible personality, great guy in the locker room. And when he comes in, he does his job really well. I mean, all the, all of his starts have been the, the few we've lost, including the one tonight, certainly weren't on him. So I just think it's been a good tandem, and I'm thankful that we kind of settled and we don't have that constant question every night of, is it Elliot or Halak? Is it Elliot uh, or Allen? Is Allen going to show up or is he going to be benched? You know, that, those those were good teams, but those were kind of weird, like, dark days. Yeah. Where it was yeah. just a roulette wheel and back. Right, for sure. I was trying to look up the name of this anthem singer that I've seen twice now. <laughs> That's uh, going to be your second that thing. That was going to be my second <laughs> thing I was thankful for because the Blues did a thing where I forget how many different people they have, 9, 10, 11, something mm-hmm. different singers they had that won their little contest this year to sing the national anthem. And I thought each one was going to get a one-time thing, but yeah. I guess they get to do it a couple times because we saw this guy. I saw this guy twice, once at the this last Oilers game and once at the Calgary game, I mm-hmm. think. 
Because he did O Canada both times, which is what was so great. This guy is like, I can't, I can't find his name. I'll find it and I'll say it next time because I think he deserves it. Uh, does like a great rendition of both the anthems with kind of, a, he's got like a sort of a southern twang, sort mm-hmm. of country draw and a guitar and he's kind of an unassuming looking kind of smaller guy. But man, it's just like a good voice and a good like sort of slightly different rendition of both of them. That's awesome. And I really like O'Canada. Sounds Canada. very different from Charles Gwynn's kind of just powerhouse. Yeah, where he just goes I mean, for power, it. Charles Gwynn's a total baller, but. It's very um, kind of James taylor the mm-hmm. Sort That's of, cool. I guess. But yeah, yeah, I really liked it both times. I've saw heard people around me saying they really enjoyed it a lot because mm-hmm. it was different. But yeah, I'm thankful for that guy. That's awesome. That sounds like a real man of genius thing. <laughs> it's funny that you should mention, thank you, Mr. Backup Hockey Singer Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you should mention that contest because when I went to the game a couple weeks ago where we both went to the Flyers game, mm-hmm. I noticed... Uh, one of the women in like the hype videos used to go to my church or still goes to the church I used to go to. Um, and she, uh, she and her family are in there a lot several different times. And I found out through Facebook that the way she got in there was she auditioned to be one of the anthem th- singers and didn't make it. But then they asked her family to be well, in the video, cool. which was kind of cool. Yeah. She's a really amazing singer too. So I'm kind of surprised she didn't make it, but I guess they're, were a lot of amazing singers that auditioned. So in any case, yeah, so I thought that would be a, a nice warm way to uh, kind of open up our discussion today. Um, I think one, just one bit of league news just to throw out there, and that is one of the potential higher value free agents from the upcoming uh, UFA period is now off the market because Cam Atkinson has re-signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, for a seven-year, $41.25 million contract. That's an AAV of 589. Uh, so pretty reasonable deal for a guy that has become one of their uh, most important top-line, top-six forwards. Um, I think nothing really to add there, but just I'm glad that he finally found his place in Columbus with the Jackets. I forgot he had 35 goals last year. Yeah, he had a really good season last year. And is having a pretty good one this year, I think. So good for him, good for them. Um, before we get started, do you want to start with the Predators game since it's fresh in our mind and gross, or do you want to build up to it? Um, Professional podcasts discuss these things off um, the air, but we're not one of those. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, uh, I say let's do this one first. Okay. Let's do the Predators game first. Okay, since we don't have a whole lot to talk about, we've got really detailed breakdowns of the other games, and this one was just a nothing burger. There's, yeah, so, there's nothing there. Fairly early, I want to say, in the first period, uh, the lone meaningful goal of this game was scored by Ryan Johansson. Uh, his third goal of the season, I believe. It's a little hard to tell when they update statistics, but... Uh, he was assisted by Philip Forsberg and P.K. Subban. Uh, this was just a situation where Rijo won a face-off, and they had kind of intense zone pressure with a couple of shots. And then finally, Forsberg had it behind the net, and he hit Johansson in front for a one-timer. Very basic hockey goal. Nothing mm-hmm. particularly embarrassing on the Blues' part. Nothing particularly amazing on the Predators' part, which is pretty much how the whole game <laughs> went, honestly. 
Um, did you have anything to say about that goal before we move on to the rest of the nothing that happened? <laughs> Not really. It was just more of a, once you saw it, I was like, well, I guess this game's going to have a couple of these sort of like zone breakdowns. Yeah. We'll just see how it goes. And then nothing else happens. Yeah, exactly. And it started to have that feel somewhere in the second period of mm-hmm. just, oh, this could be one nothing. We started to turn it on and get some more shots and more zone time, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of one and done. And especially, I think, early in the third, we looked pretty good, but it never amounted to anything. And towards the end, we pulled our goalie, which is just a death knell for the St. Louis Blues in recent years. We'll talk about in a minute. But finally, uh, after a couple of pucks that got past our our deep man, if you will, and mm-hmm. got over their sticks and out of the zones, uh, Tarasenko let one get past him that... Ryan Johansson caught at center ice and somebody interfered with him to try and stop it, but he got it off to Austin Watson, who scored his second goal of the season on an empty net. And that will be the final score, 2 to nothing. Uh, Nashville, kind of an embarrassing, not really embarrassing, just kind of a nothing loss. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that it happened to a division rival and that we left all our goals on the ice when we played Edmonton, apparently, yeah. <laughs> on Thursday, or on Tuesday, excuse me. So... Yeah, I mean, I guess, do you have anything to add to that game? I know you wanted to talk about the 6-on-5 mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know. If, yeah, I didn't know if we wanted to mention that with the power play stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, something that we could have discussed beforehand. But, uh, yeah, I was just remarking. We had to start this podcast real fast so we could go shoot people in Star Wars battles. This is true. <laughs> um, our 6-on-5, I don't know the last time we've scored a goal Six on five when we pull the goalie. Um, as nearly as I can tell from a quick search of Google, it was never. We've never done it. <laughs> I, I don't think we did last year. I mean, it's 82 games we could have forgotten, but I don't remember any yeah. in particular. And not only do we not score, but we don't, we even, don't even look dangerous. Yeah. I'll watch other teams pull their goalie, and it's just the other team, the team that's down a man, can't get it out of their zone. Mm-hmm. And we pull a guy, and I swear, I get we don't want it to get out of the zone, but we post the guy up on the blue line that's like okay well they're gonna survive our three-man four check and just flip it out over everybody it's just annoying to watch and it's super frustrating it never makes you feel like we're dangerous at the Mm -hmm. end we can talk about this a little bit later too but it's kind of like the power play we get an extra guy on to theirs and we don't look very dangerous at all either i sincerely think at the end of the game we'd be better five on five with the goalie in there i'd Mm-hmm. We can't be any worse. We can't be any more anemic. I mean, today was just terrible. I don't think we took a single shot. Mm-hmm. And we had it six on five for a whole minute. Not that you'd know before they scored the goal, <laughs> but it was just, it was really bad. And we were, we were, you know, kind of before they even scored, kind of saying, well, we never do anything here. Mm-hmm. So why would we do it now? And we didn't. <laughs> so that was the end of that game. There's not really a whole lot else to say. I think it can show what happens when our top line which you hope shows up you know every day in mm-hmm. every game and breaks through their defense and stuff but sometimes they're all human they're just going to get shut down yeah and when we don't have all that much offense firing behind them it just looks not so great it's definitely dried up yeah. back there yeah for sure this was kind of a boring game i think we we're ready to have Bergwin back and i think he will be back pretty soon so um yeah i just think Whatever. We'll see what happens tomorrow against the Wild, and that'll Mm -hmm. really define, you know, if we just bounce back and beat the Wild convincingly, then fine. Then this was just a blip on the radar. Uh, So we'll have to see. We'll talk about that next week, obviously. But let's move backwards in time to more happy occasions. Back to the future. (laughs) It's your kids, Marty. (laughs) 
So uh, the McFlies of St. Louis took on the Edmonton <laughs> somethings, Biffs, Biffs, the Edmonton Biffs. Uh, no, the Blues traveled to Edmonton after they uh, lost in Calgary before that. Yeah, okay. man, that feels like five years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it certainly does, as you could tell by my voice. Uh, <laughs> but the Blues uh, had a pretty commanding, convincing win in Edmonton. On Saturday, Sunday, Monday, somewhere in there. Saturday, I think. Um, well, Thursday. Sure. Last I think Thursday. I was over here. Did we play Saturday? Yeah, that was Vancouver. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting that we started with today's game. My brain That's doesn't work very smart. Uh, <laughs> so, in any case, we're very professional. Uh, Vladimir <laughs> Savoka opened the scoring on a very ugly goal. Uh, he got technically assists from Petrangelo and Stastny, but he shouldn't have. Um, what happened shorty, was, right? Yeah, what okay. happened was we were on a power play, and Petrangelo cleared it from behind our own net as one does on the power play. <laughs> and it got all the way to the other end, and Talbot skated out to handle it and didn't. And Savoka just pretty much picked it up in front of the net and backhanded it in to an entirely empty net. Um, it was very reminiscent of the play where uh, Steen scored the game winner in overtime on Jonathan Quick. Just oh, one of those sort so of... Good. Yeah, just one of those, oh, what just happened there sort of things. And that's how the go- sc- scoring started. The go- v- 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 <laughs> scoring started. Bernie Federico over and, here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just a nice, ugly goal. Kind of that dirty goal that Hitch would have loved. There were several of those in these few games. Um, and it looked good to start for the Blues. But the uh, Oilers came back very... Uh, quickly was that in the same power play? No. Yeah, I think it was. was it? Yeah, I yeah. think it was pretty pretty soon after. Um, and Ryan St- Strom scored his third goal of the season. Boy, I'm having trouble with the words today. <laughs> Assisted by Matt Benning. Uh, don't worry, he'll get his comeuppance later. <laughs> and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Nugent Hopkins quietly having a pretty good season for them. Uh, so. Good for him. That was his seventh assist. Do the Blues make a move for the Nuge? <laughs> I wouldn't be totally opposed to it, honestly. And this might be the right time to strike while Edmonton's reeling. But mm. um, yeah, this was just a case of pretty nice quick passing by the Oilers. Uh, Nuge dropped it to Benning, who passed across uh, Allen to Strom, and Strom just snapped it high over Allen's glove. Um pretty routine kind of power play goal that other t- other teams score not us oh, yeah. but other teams can score these on the power play uh and it was 1-1 and you kind of didn't know what the flavor of the game was going to be at that point but it was decided very quickly uh, before we moved on to the next goal i just wanted to give a, a shout out a shout out to oscar sunquist there was a there was a shift towards the end of the first period like within the last minute where he blocked like two shots off his ankle, mm-hmm. including the second one he dove in front of while he was trying to like hobble off the ice uh, with like 40 seconds left. And th- you just love to see that. You love to see hard, painful work. And he, you know, is fine. He played tonight, so there was no injury or anything. Uh, but just a shout out to him for doing the doing the dirty work. And especially at that time in the period, you don't want to see them get a late goal to go up to one in the, mm-hmm. you know, heading into the intermission. So it was really good. Just wanted to give a nod to him. Um, the second period opened with a goal from Alex Steen, his third of the season, uh, assisted by Shin and Petrangelo. I feel like nobody else but that first line in Petrangelo <laughs> gets points for this team. Pretty much. Um, 
this was actually a nice power play goal that we scored. So uh, a little crow will eat there. Um, I remember we were watching this together and we were joking about how they never score on the behind the net camera, you know, when they mm. show that usually on oh, the power play. Right. And then immediately they scored after that. <laughs> so it felt good. Uh, Petro took a shot from way, way out near the blue line and it was kind of tipped by Shin and um, Steen sort of grabbed the ugly deflection and scored. It was a very classic hitch, dirty goal, as we uh, aforementioned. Um, but yeah, I think it was just it was a nice power play goal. It was a good way to take the lead again. And I think uh, Steen did pretty well. And I wanted to ask, uh, just because he was mentioned here in the score sheet, as he will be later in these games, how are you feeling about Steen right now in the season after he's come back from injury and has a couple weeks under his belt now? Feeling okay. Yeah. He's got, what, 16 games. He's got, according to this, he's got three goals, seven assists, ten points. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That second line's having, like, a kind of quietly good season, him, Saboka, and Stasny. Yeah, I was going to mention, mention Stasny later, but yeah. They kind of get overshadowed a little bit by the first line. Mm-hmm. Um, not that necessarily the second line's doing amazing, but they're still managing to pick up points. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of... Um, uh, urban legend, if you will, that people are saying, you know, oh, we're misleading that they're like, oh, it's just the first line uh-huh. only scoring. It's like they're doing a lot of scoring, but yeah. they're not doing the only scoring. I think the second line's doing what you would expect a, an okay second line to mm-hmm. do. It's just that our first line is so good. I think Stasny looks line really is good. So nothing. Yeah. I think Stasny looks really good yeah. on the second line. He's looked great this year, I think. Uh, we'll talk more about him in a little bit. I do want to say before we move on, if you happen to pick up uh, my cat in the hallway on this recording, I promise no one is murdering her. That's just how she sounds. <laughs> she sounds like she's being murdered all the time, but we're very good to her. So. I just didn't want, you know, animal <laughs> control or called on me or PETA or anybody. Uh, she's a very sweet cat, but she's very loud. So, uh, speaking of <laughs> loud things, that's not a transition. Just transition. erase that. Uh, Braden Shin scored his uh, only sixth goal of the season, so he went on quite a scoring tear since I know <laughs> it gets to ten by the end of this podcast. It's kind of funny how, like, even writing the show notes, you don't mm-hmm. really realize kind of how these trends happen, but then when you're reading it back, you're like, oh, he must have he scored five goals in five games. Uh, but yeah, he scored a six of the season, assisted by Upshaw. Uh, I, I called him Wunderschen in the Ooh, show notes, uh, because this was just a, a very good play on his part. He intercepted a pass by McDavid uh, in our defensive zone, and he and Upshaw just escaped on a two-on-one. There was some back-and-forth passing, but Shen finally grabbed it on the right of the goalie, and he snapped it home. And he held it kind of for a long time there, and I think he just sort of froze, uh, I guess, I assume it was Talbot, Mm -hmm. and ended up putting it over his right shoulder. I like seeing those goals where the shooter decides to kind of hold on to it yeah. and wait for the right spot because it seems too often we like to go for that extra pass yeah, and that ends in no scoring work. chance. Exactly, yeah. So it was a nice goal, his sixth, and uh, later in the period, not that much later, he scored his seventh. Uh, so that explains some of the scoring. Ooh, this is a nice one. Yeah, this was very nice. Um, he was assisted by Schwartz and Pareko, but really also Tarasenko. Uh, a face-off win went to Tarasenko. I think Shin, obviously, I guess, won the fo- face-off. Mm-hmm. And he carried it deep. Um, and then he hit Pareko on the wing on the goalie's left. And then uh, he passed to Schwartz in the crease. Mm-hmm. And Schwartz very immediately 
uh, pass to Shen, who very immediately shot. I, ca- I called it kind of a, a two-timer, if you will, because mm-hmm. it went from Pareko's stick to Schwartz's to Shen's to the net so fast. Mm-hmm. It was like a pinball goal. Um, and it was really nice just... Uh, Schwartz, it seems like he just always has his body in the right place right now. Mm. Um, what, whether whether it's banging home a goal or creating an assist or just making a, a smart defensive play, it just seems like he's always exactly he's where he's a little he engine that could. Yeah, and Shen gets another goal, um, which is nice. I kind of like seeing him up his goal total a little bit since uh, it feels like he was... <laughs> He was not scoring a lot, but he was so important, you know, yeah. To to a point, because that's kind of the end of the scoring for that game, to a point I was hearing somebody in my section at the other Oilers game talking the other day about how um, Shen was kind of just feeding off of points from Schwartz and Tarasenko in terms of assists. And I get that a little bit because you're just playing with two really good players that are scoring a bunch. But That's true of all of them. But we tossed tossed Laterra in there. And he got whatever, like mm-hmm. forty or yeah. less points last year or something. You can you can toss a player in like say Yaskin, mm-hmm. say in that spot, and he'll get more assists than he normally does. Yeah. But you have to create yourself to be able to get as many as Shen has. Yeah. And so I kinda like dispelling that sort of thought that it's like, oh, he's just soaking him up. Anyone can do that. And it's like uh I don't know about that. Thirty points in twenty three games is not something anyone can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Sidney Crosby's had line mates. Also, and they don't mm-hmm. all have ninety points, exactly. you know. So, yeah, I don't, I don't love that logic. And I think, I mean, I think the reality is they're all feeding off each other. Mm-hmm. You know, no one of them would be as prolific on another line necessarily mm-hmm. as they all are together. As we saw at the beginning of the year when Tarasenko was on his own and doing all right, mm-hmm. and St- Shen and Schwartz were doing really well on the second line, but they weren't quite this hot. You know, so to, to that point too, I got to kind of put my foot in my mouth or take it out or eat crow or what have you. <laughs> some some yeah. metaphor. Because I do remember saying that I didn't know if I really liked Tarasenko on that line with the, with uh, Shannon Schwartz mm-hmm. when they were kind of both clicking as well as they have, and it took a it feels like it took a little bit for Tarasenko, but now they're definitely like have completely gelled as like yeah, a three man line. And I think it's hard to argue against them being the best line in hockey right now. Uh, there are a couple other arguments, maybe mm-hmm. Kucherov and Stamkos, but. Um, Boy, they're up there. There's no question. <laughs> they're definitely top five, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, certainly. Um, I don't think there's a lot more to say about this game. I mean, I know one of the storylines that you can make out of the you know the three-game stretch is we kind of caught the Oilers at the right time mm-hmm. in terms of they're really reeling right now and they're really on their heels, as we'll talk about more mm-hmm. in the second game. But um, as I said here, that's not really our fault. You know, <laughs> I mean, we took advantage of... The opportunity presented to us, and when we look back, it's not going to be any different less, yeah. four points, you know. Exactly. So I think it was just a solid win by the Blues. And speaking of solid-ish wins, I don't really feel like this one is quite as solid. No, but we'll talk about. I think it. the three wins were all kind of different, though. Yeah, for different reasons, this, for sure. This last one you talked about was pretty much just I don't know your casual win, I guess. <laughs> But the Vancouver one, as we'll talk about, was a come-from-behind victory. Yeah. And then the other Edmonton one was, I guess that's solid squared, just a slaughter. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, but before we get to the fun part, the most fun part, we will talk about the uh, Blues are fun. going to 
that province that's over there, British Columbia. <laughs> I wanted to say Manitoba, and that's way on the other side. <laughs> so British Columbia, uh, where the Vancouver Canucks play, and winning 4-3 to three in overtime. Uh, so this opened with a goal by Brock Besser. I'm still not comfortable saying his name. I think that's what I've heard name. it said. Uh, it, he is a brilliant young rookie scorer for the Canucks. Uh, I'll talk about him more in a minute, but he was assisted by Sven Berchi and Bo Horvat. Thank you, Bo, for having at least a predictable last name. But <laughs> um, both Berchi and Horvat got their eighth goal or eighth assist on Besser's seventh goal. Uh, but this was really just a one-man effort by Besser. Uh, this is one of those cases where you wish the scorers had a little more discretion in who got assists mm-hmm. rather than just the last two people to touch a puck. Uh, but he was pretty much behind Allen to the right and sort of skated through, around, and over uh, Pareko, Shin, and kind of Gunnarsson to score from uh, the slot, basically, with a snapshot. Um Besser, uh, just to talk about him briefly, is kind of one of the hot stories of the league right now. Someone I should have kept in my fantasy team. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll touch on it. <laughs> um, he, uh, just because I'm very proud of that, but he is uh, a rookie for the Canucks, and he's currently, or at least was earlier today, uh, leading the league in rookie scoring. He'd overtaken Quentin Keller of the Phoenix, Arizona Coyotes. Not <laughs> I wish that's Phoenix, what, I wish that's what their name was. As their the Twitter. Phoenix, Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Just like Ekman Larson, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's he's just a great. I mean, he's a classic kind of sniper, power forward sort of guy, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really excited about him. And what the, was he drafted at? Doing that? Uh, mid first round, I want to say. I'll take a look. Uh, maybe it was you know early, but not first or second. But in okay. any case, I do remember when we did our uh, fantasy hockey draft together. Uh, we were towards the end, and I. Uh, was with you know you and Jordan our our abs correspondent yeah. <laughs> and somebody nominated Besser twenty third overall in two thousand fifteen. Okay. Uh, he also went to North Dakota State and I say also because I think that's where T J Oshie went who mm. we were not at all talking about. He also went to North Dakota <laughs> State you know like T J Oshie like and other you people. and I. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at the end of that draft, Besser's name came up and I was like, "You got to draft him. He's going to be a stud." And you did, and then you dropped him for Nolan Patrick. And later he was scooped up, uh, but I have him in my keeper league, uh, so I'm very excited. I wanted that. I wanted that Patrick Line a magic. I was like second overall. I think we can make this work. Yep, yep. And then nothing. Patrick's been okay, but he's not been Brock Besser. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, moving on to the Blues side of the equation, um, there was a the play in here, probably the play of the game in some respects. Looking back, uh, where Petro. Just absolutely robbed Vertanen, who had kind of wrapped around on Allen and had him totally beaten. And Petro basically scooped the puck off the goal line and shot it out of an otherwise entirely empty net. <laughs> uh, and one of the one of the funny things that came out of this was a, a nominee for Tweet of the Week when the uh, Blues tweeted something to the effect of, you know, when your back's against the wall, it's always nice to know Petra's on your side. And the Canucks tweeted, thanks for nothing, Petro, <laughs> with like a flat emoji, and it was very, I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but in any case, that was a big play, and it helped us. Did you have something you wanted to say about mm-hmm. that? It helped us get to the Colton Pareko goal, his second of the season, and much more importantly, his first even-strength goal in over 100 games. We can all wipe our brow. Yeah. 
Uh, we don't have to be concerned anymore <laughs> until it's been 10 more games. Yep. Uh, Paul Stastny assisted this, his 12th of the season, um, and Upshaw got his 7th assist. Uh, as we mentioned, first Pareko's first even-strength goal, um, and Paul Stastny kind of had a lot to do with this. He made a big, wide sweep behind the net and sort of passed it to Pareko, who was not sort of. He did pass it to <laughs> Pareko. Uh, who just scored on a one-timer, and the goalie was heavily screened. And I just thought I'd mention here, I'm sure there are other places to do it, but I feel like the Scotty Upshaw signing is kind of overlooked. Not that he's been, you know, not that he's been Braden Shen, for example, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like he's played really hard this season and has done more producing than he has in his previous seasons here. I mean, this is his seventh assist. I know he'll have others on the stat sheet, and he has um, a goal coming up in the Edmonton game. But then again, who doesn't? <laughs> um, but I just, I just thought I'd mention that too because everybody loves Scotty as a person and as a celebrator and as a player. But when when he was signed, we were kind of like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. you could be trading for James Neal or whatever, but this is fine. <laughs> and I just wanted to give Scotty his proper props, if you will. I think he's got something. He's got at least 10 points this mm-hmm. year. I mean, 10 points in 23 games for a fourth-line player. That's pretty good. Very good, yeah. If he finishes with 40, we'll be plenty satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or even 30, I think. That I thought be. it was funny. I was reading some Vancouver fan talk about, like, Scotty Upshaw with an assist. Where have I heard that name before? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that was on the PTO up there. Yeah. And I think I saw him referred to as Mr. PTO by a Canucks oh, fan. That, oh, that's like what that. I was telling you on the, oh, on yeah. the radio after the Oilers game that we'll get to. Then he scored a goal. They're like, even Mr. PTO scored a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's great. Uh, he's the butt of the league-wide jokes. Um, oh, I, I was about to skip into the third period, and then I was like, I feel like we missed some goals. Uh, we did, notably one from Marcus Grandland, his third of the season, assisted by Louis Erickson and Alex Biega. Uh, I never checked. That is Louis Erickson, right? Not some other Erickson. <laughs> no, I believe so, yeah. um, The Canucks broke out shorthanded three-on-one. Uh, Erickson dumped it to Grandland, and Grandland deked around Allen's skate and scored. Not a very shining goal <laughs> for the Blues' perspective to allow the other team to get out on a three-on-one. That was a really in-close deke, too. He did mm-hmm. not have a lot of space. Yeah, very front-hand, backhand, front-hand, right around Allen. Um, but this is going to happen every once in a while in a game, and it happened here. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess it sort of makes up for the um, Saboka goal from the night before, from the game before. But uh, Berchi got to score his own goal, his seventh of the season, again assisted by Erickson and Thomas Vanek. And this was just sort of Erickson took a high, hard shot off of Allen's chest, and Berchi grabbed the rebound and snuck it into the five hole. Uh, it was one of those kind of goals where at first you're like, wait, did they score? Oh, yeah, they scored. And it was kind of deflating, made it three to one. Uh, felt like kind of was probably the end of the game at the time, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, but, yeah, it certainly seemed like a backbreaker. I don't know. Did you have anything to say about that one? Or Mm-mm. I'm trying. No. Yeah, I don't have anything for that one. There's something in between one of these goals I wanted to touch on. We keep going. I'll okay. jump in. <laughs> okay. Just stiff army out of the way. <laughs> uh, and then before the period was over, thankfully, Vladimir Saboka scored his fifth of the season. 
uh, leading, lending credence to that earlier, the second line's kind of doing fine argument as he was assisted by Stastny, his 13th of the season, and Dunn's second assist. Um, this had a lot to do with a steam pass uh, around the boards behind the net, and it had the most to do with Dunn making a really nice read to kind of skate over and forward and sort of cut off the pass as it was mm-hmm. going around the net. Um, he cut it over kind of parallel to the face-off dot, probably a little behind it. Um, but he was able to hit uh, Stastny, who was behind Nielsen on his right. Uh, Nielsen, they kept saying Nielsen, and I was like, no, I know, not. every time they said that goalie's name, I was like, who is this? Yeah. So then, then they mentioned it being used to playing for us for a little bit, and I was uh-huh. like, we had a Nielsen? I'm like, oh, Anders Nielsen. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he played for us for like a like heartbeat. Two, yeah, <laughs> games or something. But yeah, uh, in any case, Stastny then passed it in front to Saboka, and he beat uh, Nilsson low to the glove side, kind of a wicked snapshot. Uh, and it was a really nice goal to sort of wash the taste out of our mouth from the two goals and give us a little hope before the mm. third period. Is this where you wanted to yeah. jump? Yeah, <laughs> well, I can't remember if it was at the end of the second period or the beginning of the third, but there was a point when the Canucks were up 4-2 and they got a goal called back. Oh, okay. And I want to say, and I didn't see this game, so I have to look back at it, it was because of a hand pass that didn't get called like beforehand. Mm-hmm. So they missed they missed it, and then they went back and said, oh, this happened, so they just pulled the goal off, which is kind of odd. Normally they just... Can they do that? <laughs> I, that's why I'm not entirely sure this is how it went, but I want to say they think it, they said it was... If it's a hand pass, it must have been for Vancouver because oh. you can't do a hand pass in the offensive zone, whereas right. you can in the D zone. But I think they were saying something about Shen having closed his hand on it or something. And then they <laughs> all, and then they also didn't give Shen a penalty either, uh-huh. so they just called the goal off. That's interesting. So I'm I'm not entirely so sure. So wait, it was our hand pass, is what you're saying? I think I'm not. That's I didn't strange. see it, but it was the weirdest thing, and I remember a Vancouver fan just flipping out. Yeah. When I was reading them being like, man, this should have been 4-2. And then as you'll talk about coming up here, ended up being 3-3. Yeah. I saw bits and pieces of this game, but I missed that part. You mentioning Shen with a hand pass reminded me oh. of Hail Mary Yoss in the very first Was that the first game? game? Season, wow. I think. First or second. And, I think you're right. That was the first uh, game. Oh, back, back good times. Back then. It seems, seems like so, so long ago. Wow. That feels like years ago. Uh, but in any case... Um, so, yeah, so that goal was disallowed, which allowed the Blues to score and even it up. And about five minutes in, Joel Edmondson scored his sixth of the season. Uh, Stastny tallies another assist. Petrangelo scores his 12th assist of the season. Uh, this had a lot to do with Petro kind of cutting off um, Pouliot on the forecheck, uh, sort of behind the net. And then he dropped it to Stastny, who found uh, Edmondson cross iced and. Eddie just buried it home. Eddie's got a really underrated shot, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's as, turning out to be a lot more of an offensive player than I yeah, ever thought he was yeah, going to be. Yeah, I think so. I think last playoffs were kind of the turning point for him. Uh, but it was a great goal for him, and that he was very excited. I remember he just kind of did like a real quick <laughs> fist pump on the goal. And I was like, oh, good, good understated celebration. Um, but in any case, uh, that's... What that's where we left it for the rest of the period. We had some chances. Mm-hmm. Vancouver had some chances, but it got all the way to overtime, uh, which felt like a victory in itself when you're down three to one at one point. So uh, we got the point, and then during overtime, uh, Braden Shen won the game pretty much single handedly. Uh, he scored his eighth of the season. Uh, Schwartz 
and Dunn both got assists, but they really didn't deserve them. Um, <laughs> I'm just being honest about, you know, when it, when a goal is one man's effort, I feel like assists are kind of just, you know. Now, how'd this goal go again? Goals this is impressive. I can't remember gifts. what it was. Um, so, yeah. So, Shin uh, gets the puck from Schwartz, Schwartz at center ice, and Shin skates in and sort of kind of curly cues around both uh, Sabisa and Besser, uh, who are five and six for the Canucks, which, I don't know, was fun to me. Because when I looked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, Sabisa and some other defenseman who's got a low number. And then I was like, oh, no, it's Brock Besser. Uh, That is kind of an odd forward number. I never see six as a forward. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Uh, But he scored uh, then from the slot on just kind of a heavy shot. But it was definitely a, a really nice skating effort. Uh, by him and the other two guys did not do a lot, but they got assists and good for them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was just one of those sort of out of nowhere, sort of only in a three on three scenario type of goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll take it, and it gave us the overtime win. So uh, good for us. I, guess. I think it was a really good comeback victory. We haven't had too many games in general, which is to our credit where we've been down ever. Mm-hmm. But it's just nice to see the comeback victories, especially when it's like a 3-1 or something like that. I mean, it's I don't know if you can call it a comeback when you're down by just one goal. Yeah. I do think... And I, on the road, too, mind you. Yeah, I do think it was uh, not a great effort by us overall through the first two periods, and we sort of made that up over the course of the third and the fourth, if you will, the overtime period. Uh, an interesting note, this was the Blues' eighth uh, road win, and it became the... Uh, we were, we became the first team to win eight on the road in the NHL, which I thought was a fun side note. And it just speaks to how absurdly successful we've been on the road since Mike Yo took over in February of last year. Um, yeah, I just we've been really incredible on the road. No distinguishable difference, really, between road and home performances. Mm-hmm. And you love to see that from a team. Um, so good for them. And... Uh, they would then return home for a very fun game. Uh, we've got a lot to cover in this last one against, again, the Edmonton Oilers, who they'd just beaten in Edmonton um, for what, as I'm sure you all know by now, became quite a bludgeoning <laughs> at the hands of the Blues. Uh, you were at this live. Do you have some live thoughts, or do you want to just sprinkle them in as we go along? No. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a game that I thought had all the kind of makings of us losing, I mm-hmm. guess, just from the get-go, just because I think they said we didn't. We had optional practice the day before, which for some reason, I'm sure we have a ton of, but uh-huh. for some reason, whenever I hear it or it reaches my ears, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. And I think it was also, it was our first game after a three-game road trip, which you tend to take off. The teams just seem to take that game off. It's You're kind of more relaxed. You're back at home, and all of a sudden, the other team comes flying in at you. But, yeah, I was surprised from how well they looked actually from the very beginning. Like we've had, and we've talked about our slow first periods and we kind of took off and we only got hotter and hotter as the game went on. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I think it was, I mean, it was a really great effort to see us carry it through and really dagger them, if you will, which (laughs) we we daggered them a bunch. (laughs) But yeah, we certainly did this game. Um, The first goal uh, was all Tarasenko, his 11th of the season. Uh, he kind of snuck into the high slot uncovered on, I mean, it was even strength, and Shen just found him, and 
he buried it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty, pretty, pretty well, rudimentary. If well, you that will. was one too that got deflected in front by one of their sticks yeah. and did like a change up over yeah. their shoulder. It looked weird from where we were sitting. We're up yeah. in the corner. This was a, a nationally ter- televised game, and Pierre made a lot. Pierre McGuire. Uh, the rambling voice of the NBC broadcast <laughs> of your mind made a lot about how just there's no excuse for Tarasenko to get to that slot and totally uncovered. And when you watch the replay, you can see Pat Maroon sort of skate up behind him, and I think he almost sees the number and goes, "Oh crap!" But by that point, <laughs> like he sort of lunges at him, but Tarasenko's already shooting, and it's in the St. net. St. Louis's own. <laughs> Let's it talk was, about Clayton Keller more yeah, from now on. <laughs> absolutely. Chesterfield's own Clayton, Clayton Keller. That's right. Uh, but in any case, it was a nice goal for uh, Vova. Certainly not the last time we will mention his name in this game uh, for a number of reasons. Yeah. The second goal, uh, which um, Pierre called odorous, I think, or odious, one or the other. It smelled. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> for the uh, for the Oilers, it was bad. It was fine for us. Uh, but Dimitri Askin scored his second of the season, breaking like a 10-game drought, I think, assisted by Sunquist and Bortuzzo. Uh, basically, Strom, Ryan Strom, had Yaskin against the board uh, to Talbot's left and had him pinned, and uh, Yaskin just outmuscled him, outbodied him, got around him, and took a shot from a ridiculous angle that went in high over uh, Talbot's left shoulder. Um, not a good goal from Talbot's perspective, certainly, and it being his second on three shots, he was chased and replaced by. Uh, Laurent Brossois. <laughs> Thank you, French Canadian. Uh, or just French. France! Uh, <laughs> but in any case, um, neither goalie had a great effort this game. I felt back for Brossois. still saved a lot of pucks, yeah. all things considered. And he's not even really, I was looking up his sort of resume. He's. He should be proud to be a backup goalie. Yeah, I don't mean I, I don't mean that as a mean thing, but he's just not even an NHL caliber backup goalie. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I got the feeling. I'd certainly never heard of him, but um, in any case, uh, Talbot was chased. Nice, really nice play from Yaskin in terms of the getting into the mm-hmm. space, but the shot was probably more luck than anything. Yeah, the um, rest of that game though, just getting that one goal. I think Yaskin's one of those like guys. Six shots yeah, to close the game or something. He's one of those guys that's got to have like confidence that's really easily rattled and because when he scores the, he looked like a man possessed the whole game when he scored well you were saying earlier whoever someone on twitter or whatever about when he moves his feet he looks good uh-huh. and after he scored he looked like oh i'm gonna start trying to score some more and he had at least i want to say rang one off the post and another really good chance mm-hmm. when he was diving at the net so I'd, it'd be nice to see him get a few more yeah good effort by him overall and if he became really valuable on that third line, that would solve a lot of our problems. The next Hosa. Yes, as Ken Hitchcock Thanks, famously Ken. said. Um, oh, I almost <laughs> skipped another goal because there were so many. Uh, Jaden Schwartz scored early in the second, his 11th of the season, assisted by Tarasenko and Shin. Um, good line, I guess. <laughs> Shin won good the job. face-off queen to Vova, who shoots at the pads and creates a hard rebound, and Schwartz gathers it and buries it at home. 
pretty rudimentary, but pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I still like the Ken Hitchcock goal, if you will, even if it's not as sexy as you know mm-hmm. anything is necessarily. I think this one was between the legs, was it not? Yeah, I think so. That looked like one of those ones where that was the first goal that Bruce Wallet in, and I was like, yep, this guy's not a goalie. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. Uh, and speaking of people that are not things, you would think Vladimir Tarasenko is not a fighter, but he sure was in this game. And oh, we have man. an all bold and all caps. Vladdy drops the mitts. Uh, what happened was uh, Matt Benning uh, behind the play, or not behind the play at the time, kind of went knee on knee with Shin, uh, which Shin actually later took blame for. He said he had <laughs> his head down and was skating in a stupid place with his head down. It's like, Shin, close your mouth. <laughs> but yeah, but Vladdy saw it and did not take kindly to it. Uh, he raced over to Benning and had words with him, and they eventually dropped the uh, mitts, and Vladdy murdered him. I think yeah, <laughs> this was a pretty clean win. Um, according to HockeyFights.com, which allows uh, people to vote on the winners of the fights, uh, Vladdy had 71.4% of uh, the votes, and the 26% went to draw, only 2.6% right. <laughs> of Edmonton Oilers fans, perhaps Matt Benning and his family, uh, <laughs> voted on him as the winner of this fight. Um, but it was really cool for v- Vladdy. You obviously... Say all the lines about, yeah, we don't want Tarasenko fighting. We don't want him to risk injury. That's all true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you get to see his teammates stick up for his for his teammates like that, it's always good. It was Shin's uh, first goal. Uh, or Sorry, that's not anything. Shin wasn't <laughs> involved in this. It was Tarasenko's third fight of his career. Uh, the other two came against Kessler in January of 2016 and Ryan Ellis. So he's only fought Ryan's before now. Uh, but apparently this time a mat slid through. Um, he had this awesome quote to uh, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic that I thought I'd relay. He said, I don't fight really often. You know this. <laughs> just, just like, you know, you know this. You, know. you watch me. Uh, and I think it was on purpose, like knee on knee, as Shen later said. No, it wasn't. Um, and this kind of stuff I don't like in hockey. It's emotions, too. And this is this is the just the piece de resistance. La creme de la uh, I don't want to look like a good fighter, but it happens sometimes. <laughs> Uh, I just, we don't deserve uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. He's so wonderful. Uh, but you, uh, yeah, before we move on, you want to talk about the live reaction to this? Oh, uh, yeah. I came back and we've got Game Center at home. And so I was uh, just watching it via uh, what NBC's feed was showing. And first of all, they barely show the fight like yeah. live. They had to cut back to it because the play still, was still going on. It, yeah. And then they cut to. Uh, cut to commercial when the crowd went absolutely ape and was chanting Vladdy and that has got to be the loudest like any chant like refs you suck anything I've ever heard in Scott trade yeah, period it was... it was super loud the place went absolutely ballistic when he was fighting like it was everyone on their feet people going like mad this dude was throwing <laughs> popcorn next to me like on top of people he was going insane and then listen to it on TV I mean it sounded cool but man it was I'm telling you it was like a thousand percent yeah louder there it was nuts it was probably one of those like yeah one of those great memories i'll have being in the game but yeah and be seeing a rare thing like that seeing him fight and it was just cool because they oh they kept showing the replay as they brought him to the box and everything Mm -hmm. and he gets that first really good lick in and it's the whole crowd going oh like on the first 
uh, punch at Benning throws, uh-huh. and then on the Tarasenko hit, they all just go, oh, <laughs> like super loud. And when they announced the, and you, I think you can hear it on TV, when they announced the penalties, and they're like, you know, Benning, five minutes for fighting, and they're like, Vladimir Tarasenko, and you can even hear the announcer kind of like, ooh, like here's a <laughs> name you don't hear often, and the crowd went nuts again. That's awesome. And then when they let him out of the box, you know, because it's a five-minute major, mm-hmm. you got to wait for stoppage for them to skate yeah. back to the bench. The crowd was cheering them and everything. Oh man, it was crazy. Yeah, That's it was awesome. it was pretty cool. Even Jeremy Rutherford said it was one of the loudest reactions he's heard, mm-hmm. certainly this season and even before this. So that's just awesome. And it's just that, I mean, that's the kind of moment that galvanizes a team, and mm-hmm. it certainly had a factor in everything that happened hereafter, which was a lot more Blues goals, including this one <laughs> by Braden Shin, who scored his ninth of the season, assisted by Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz picked a, picked Larson's Adam Larson's pocket behind the net on just a dirty, dirty mm-hmm. play in every sense of the word. Dirty because Larson should feel dirty. <laughs> dirty because it was in the dirty area. Dirty because it was dirty thievery. Just dirty. <laughs> and uh, he just hit Shen in front who buried it <laughs> on an unprepared and under-talented goalie. <laughs> um, the third period did actually open somehow with a an Oilers goal, of which there ended up being three. Uh, Lucic scored his fourth, the Milan Lucic, assisted by some guy named McDavid and Drake Cajula. Cajula. I always see Caligula. Caligula. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just a, a really nice two-line pass from Kajula to McDavid, and he kind of just skated past everyone and dropped it to Lucic, who scored. Um a skate CMC, as I called him, as opposed to Run DMC or Run CMC, <laughs> the nickname of Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers, uh, deked around Petrangelo, and I just kind of felt like, oh well, it happens. It's mm. arguably the best player in hockey. So he's just so know. fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, when it's already four nothing, who cares? <laughs> um, and Scotty Upshaw quickly made it five to one uh, with his third goal of the season, and as you mentioned earlier, that was his tenth point. Uh, Thorburn scored his second, and Brodziak scored his fifth. I've mentioned a couple of times how I feel like uh, guys who got assists didn't really deserve them because it was a one-man mm-hmm. play. This is the opposite. It's a real shame Pareko didn't get an assist here because he made two brilliant plays. He kind of cut a puck off at center ice and then sort of powered past and threw a uh, Oilers defenseman with a poke check to get it up to uh, Brodziak, who um, just kind of grabbed it and passed it from his right or from the left of the goalie to his right uh, to Thorburn, who then passed it back to his left to Upshaw, who scored on a basically empty mm-hmm. net at that point. Really nice passing play by three of our fourth-line yeah, guys. I'll say to your point about uh, assists, this was, yeah, Thorburn's second assist, uh-huh. and both of these assists have been real assists. Yeah, have been like, exactly. yeah, have been actually very good. last week, for sure, yeah, credit to Thorburn. Um, and they said during here that they called Brodziak a former Oiler on the play. Mm-hmm. And for a second, I was like, no, <laughs> he's a former Wild player. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, he had a career before that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it was a nice play, nice goal from our fifth line. Um, Tarasenko then scored. This was a Gordie Howe hat trick, as I think I mentioned earlier, which is a fight a goal and an assist, but it was actually almost a double Gordie Howe hat trick because he had two goals and two assists. You just need the and extra fight. They said something in tonight's game about how he joined a company that only like Jerome McGinley and some other guy were in. Mm. So pretty good company. 
but this was his 12th, assisted by Schwartz and Petrangelo. Uh, Petro had a brilliant pass from behind Allen almost all the way into our zone onto the stick of Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz dropped it to Vova. Vova mm. embarrassed Griva. It was his classic. Scored for yeah. the slot. It was his classic right side and just walk a guy. The guy kind of yeah. comes in and he pulls up for a second and oh, and he's away. Yep, yep. Uh, that Tarasenko kid's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Braden Shin scored his tenth. I feel like I'm almost at a monotone now because it's Look, just Look, here's another goal. Yeah, uh, this is <laughs> what our seventh goal of the game. Um, yeah, what what number are uh, we on? Pretty, I felt bad. I'll be honest. Yeah, after a while, with all the point, t- towel like, guy <laughs> crowd chanting, when I get to seven, oh, yeah. you kind of go six, six seven. seven? I'm like, sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, Pareko assisted this, and Tarasenko. Um, just a lot of back and forth between Pareko and uh, Tarasenko. Pareko t- took it, shot it from the point, and Shen deflected it in, basically. Um, nothing more to say yeah. on that. Moving on to an Edmonton <laughs> goal. It's almost like a breath of fresh air. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl scored his sixth of the season, assisted by Chris Russell and the aforementioned Nuge. Um, <laughs> Maroon had it behind the net, and he passed it to Nuge. Uh, and he stick-handled around a guy and then got it out to Russell, uh, who slapped it to Dreisaitl on Allen's blind side, and Dreisaitl scored on an empty net. Really nice play. Would have been a very nice goal if it didn't make it 7-2 to two and was this <laughs> meaningless. And I think both of these late, late goals were kind of like whatever goals from our defense. They, they happened like almost immediately after we scored a goal, uh-huh. and sometimes I do wonder about that when the crowd's going ape. I mean, you're a professional player, but sometimes I'm like, man, are you kind of wish, like, could everyone be quiet? Like, we're in our <laughs> zone, and I'm trying to concentrate on getting this out. Yeah. But yeah, it would seem like real quick, and it seemed like you're just caught up in how many goals you're scoring, like you said. Yeah, hard to care too much at this point. Uh, Stastny put the final nail in the coffin. No, it wasn't even in the coffin. It was the dirt on top of the casket, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, he scored his fifth, uh, assisted by Steen and Pareko. Uh, he deked around several Oilers, including Russell, so take that and pass it to Steen. Uh, Steen quickly and I think largely blindly backhanded it back to uh, Stastny, who put it in. Um, really nice goal for both of them. Um, Pareko here gets an assist that he didn't deserve, making up for the one that he got <laughs> He needs earlier. as many assists as he can um, get. He yeah. doesn't score them goals no more. No, it's all gone. <laughs> the well's dried up. <laughs> it's all dusty and dried up. Uh, and then Darnell Nurse scored his first of the season, assisted by Dreisaitl and the twice aforementioned Nuge. We need the Nuge. Uh, Dreisaitl just sort of spe- sped around Allen's left and hit Nurse on the right and buried it, and who cares? Um, this, as I said here, this was just a late blowout slop goal. Hard to care too much. Um, I think a lot was made in, in this game, especially by Pierre Maguire, about how this was just terrible by the Oilers. Mm-hmm. And to some extent that's true. They played a really ugly game, but I don't want to take credit away from the Blues here who uh, never took their foot off the pedal. Mm-hmm. Except for those really late goals, and only after they'd scored other goals, um, just a really good win from us. Uh, all four lines scored a goal, with obviously all the ones from the top line, and then Stastny for the second, Yaskin for the third, Upshaw for the fourth. Um, I think if I counted right, only five players. When I was looking at it, when we were walking in the car after the game, only five players had no points. Yeah, 
So that's Pretty 13 impressive. people, yeah. The top line had 12 points and we're a plus 12. <laughs> the SST line. The board. Sweet God. <laughs> um, and then uh, I just think after, you know, how, I guess, are we two weeks out now or one where we were kind of in panic mode? Yeah, it was just um, last week we were talking about it. We had the two losses in a row. Yeah, and boy, what a turnaround. I feel like we're, <laughs> we're a lot better. Um, even counting tonight's loss. Um, I think this was a pretty good quote, pretty good summary from Oilers coach Tom McQuellen uh, out of The Athletic from Jeremy Rutherford. He says, that game is indefensible on my behalf. I can't stand here and buy into that. I don't know. Nobody <laughs> was asking buying, you to He's not buying into uh, his own <laughs> team's plan. In every facet of the game, we were second. It wasn't even close. It's indefensible on my behalf. We're responsible for having the team rev- ready, and obviously they weren't. Uh, so when even your own coach can't pull a punch, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's fun when he says second as if there was like a third. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the refs came in third. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they, that was probably the worst I've ever seen of visiting team play like live. Yeah, it was pretty. It awful. was really bad. I just remember at one point watching the Blues skate to the zone, and their defense would just kind of like watch them and uh-huh. like pivot with them and turn. And like here he goes, there goes Tarasenko. Bye. <laughs> I'm like, man, they just. I was just surprised that you would think after a first period where they didn't look good, yeah. and even after a second period they didn't look good, that there would be like this big push in the third that may not result in a win, but like, oh, they're not going to just get pushed around. But they got pushed around again. Yeah. Even the goals we let in, like you said, were kind of our defense breaking down, and I'd never go, oh, man, look at the Oilers go. They just, it's got to be disheartening for that team and their fans when you've had such a dark period. And then you get McDavid, and you have this big surge last season. Mm-hmm. And I even remember thinking, man, I can't sleep on the Oilers anymore. And this year I can go, man, we can just sleep on the Oilers again. Yeah. And it's like, oh, boy, that's rough. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And w- there's a lot of season left. But as we'll talk about next week, mm-hmm. uh, we pushed it off a week because Thanksgiving's so early this year. But there's a an old, not an old wives' yeah. tale, a very statistic. We made this assumption that says, uh, pretty much where you are by this in the standings by Thanksgiving mm-hmm. largely determines where you end up. Um, so uh, I just think not good for the Oilers right now mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and yeah, good for us to <laughs> face them right now. I guess. Yeah, you take what you can get. Yeah, and I'll was, take that. It was a very statement win by us, and I think I mean overall, even in spite of the. Um, the tough loss tonight. Mm-hmm. I think we had a really great win. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the most goals they've scored since I think they said 2011 when we beat the Red Wings yeah, 10 to three in Detroit. Yeah, which I remember I, that game. I distinctly quick. remember because like Roman Polak scored like, huh? and Chris Porter scored like <laughs> two goals and even he gave like a shrug when he scored his <laughs> second goal. Like I don't know. <laughs> I guess this is who I am now. I think that was when we were. Yeah, we didn't make the playoffs that year and we were already way out of the picture uh-huh. and Detroit was fighting for a spot and we ten spotted them. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh boy, that's got to be rough. Yeah, agreed. So very good, uh, very good win. And I think the three wins in a row speak highly of us. Uh, Before we Mm -hmm. depart, we do have a hockey tweet of the week. Uh, I mentioned the Canucks earlier. They had a Mm -hmm. great one. Jeremy Rutherford had 
a pretty good one earlier today when he said the Blues attendance is 19,033. I said attendance, not turnovers or something Oof. like that, uh, which was not a good game tonight. But uh, <laughs> I think our tweet of the week is going to go to a different JR, uh, namely Jeremy Roenick, who I guess is a more famous JR. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> but I retweet, we retweeted this video at Two Guys No Cup on uh, November 19th. Uh, last Sunday, he he goes out into his garage, <laughs> and there was a very angry rattlesnake in his garage, and he has two golf clubs. He pins it down. He grabs it, like, by the neck behind the head and just kind of holds it up because I guess there are people who just do this with snakes, <laughs> like very venomous, dangerous snakes, holds it up while it's hissing and spitting, and then very calmly takes it out through his garage, marching into his backyard, and just chucks it over this 10-foot retainer wall he has Holy cow. in his backyard. So it's very cool to watch him just manhandle the snake. Very manly. <laughs> uh, my respect for Jeremy Roenick just skyrocketed. Folks, uh, this is an audio medium, but Stephen put his hand up very high. Yeah, I did. That's a good point. I realized that <laughs> you can't see that. Uh, but thank you for explaining it to them. Uh, so make sure to head over to our Twitter page and check that out uh, from November 19th. Uh, so hopefully tomorrow when we face uh, the Minnesota Wild, we won't be daggered by the red-hot Chris Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Gross to say uh, those words. Like we mentioned, we lost 2 nothing tonight, so that means tomorrow, win or loss, it's going to be like a huge amount of goals from both yeah, teams. Yeah, I feel like for sure. We're both on the second uh, game of a back-to-back, and um, it'll be interesting to see. I think this will be kind of a very significant game. Uh, mm-hmm. To determine what to make of today's game, as I as I already mentioned, and then we play Wednesday, uh, we host the Ducks. So mm-hmm. a couple good teams. Well, the Ducks are an okay team <laughs> this year, um, but uh, that's the night Paul Korea is coming in to drop the puck. Yeah, You're that's going really to that cool. game. Uh, Jake Allen bobblehead night. I'm very jealous. So <laughs> um, just yeah. So it should be a, an entertaining week. We'll cover those two games. We'll talk about the standings and. I'm sure some other goofy things next week. Uh, But until then, unless you have anything to add. This league is a circus. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Sayonara. Night.